Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. It is a 7.23. Let's talk about sleep paralysis because, you know me, a third-generation hypochondriac, I worry about things like this. What is uh, sleep paralysis? Why do some people wake up unable to move? Jan Daniel Ace, he's a sleep health coach. Uh, a very good morning to you. How are you? Good morning, Howard. How are you? I am well. So, first of all, it's milk chocolate day today. So I need to kick off yeah. by asking you your milk chocolate of choice. Don't say coconut because I'll lose respect for you. <laughs> they, I don't know if I must name brand, but it's obviously a very dark Swiss chocolate. Uh, you see, um, I also I'm a like chocoholic. Oh, are <laughs> you? Oh, now I respect you even more. But you like yeah, dark love, chocolate, which means you probably I like love chocolate. Yeah, if you like dark chocolate, you like, probably like coffee. Um, yes, I do. Yeah, it's, it's that taste. It's uh, it's a very interesting one. Right, let's talk yeah. about sleep paralysis. How real is yes. it? First of all, what is it? Well, sleep paralysis is quite real. It's uh, it's uh, uh, what we call a parasomnia in the sleep disorders indexes. It's called a parasomnia. Um, what it basically is, if you can hear me, if your yes. listeners can hear me, um, it is it is uh, when we move into you know, from wake to sleep or from sleep to wake. We sometimes tend to wake first or, you know, if we wake up or, you know, then our muscles doesn't catch up with our conscience. And um, so it is when we can't move when we have our conscience. And it usually happens, well, it actually happens between falling asleep or staying uh, and, and waking up in the morning. Right. It's, it's quite common, but it's not a dangerous, it feels terrible, you know, it, 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 it feels terrible, uh, feels very scary, um, but it's luckily not a very dangerous um, condition. Right, right. So, so and, and is there a way to prevent it? If we look, if we look at sleep paralysis, um, we can't, we, we, you know, if we look at sleep paralysis as a condition, it's usually attached to some other comorbid um, sleep condition like insomnia-related issues or basically if we have poor quality sleep, poor quality or quantity sleep, and if we have a lot of stress and anxiety, sleep paralysis tends to be more prevalent. Right. So to, to, to treat it will be to first look for if there's no other comorbidities and treat those comorbidities. In some cases, I know that some neurologists prescribe in what is called the SSRI antidepressant. Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah. But usually uh, a side effect, ironically, of an SSRI um, is depressing REM sleep, you know, and REM sleep is quite important. It's important right. for our learning, um, our memories, our mood. That's why REM sleep is important. So, yes, so... so um, to answer your question is basically to look for other comorbidities and treat that. Right. Is this linked and, at all sorry. to sleep apnea? Or has one got an nothing um, to do with sleep, the other? And the sleep apnea causes, in addition to many other, uh, you know, pathological physiology that, that sleep apnea causes, you know, it also suppresses quantity and quality of sleep. Well, not necessarily quality, but more quantity, more quality of sleep. Right. And because of that, sleep paralysis may be a, let's say, a complication of of sleep apnea. 
but not all the patients who experience. So I'm not saying that if you don't have sleep paralysis, you don't have sleep apnea. Right, of course. You know, so no, that's they, not true. Right. It's, so it's, they it's, can be uh, they can be connected, but uh, can but be connected, but they don't not necessarily in many cases. need to be. Right. Not in many cases. In terms yeah. of sleep apnea, how common is that? I would imagine way more common than sleep yeah, paralysis. Sleep apnea, sleep apnea is a very big problem. It's the second largest sleep illness in the world. The way the largest one is insomnia related issues. And I'm talking about idiopathic, you know, primary insomnia. Uh, um, sleep apnea is the second largest sleep illness in the world. And it is still a big problem. It is still underdiagnosed worldwide. But the technology worldwide, especially in South Africa, to treat sleep apnea these days is not rocket science anymore. Sleep apnea is so well researched. Um, it's not. We're not even worried if we see someone with sleep. It's such a daily occurrence, you know. So right. it's like treating a flu. <laughs> really, we can put it that way. Yeah, we can compare it to eyesight. I mean, how many people are there that wear glasses? Right. You know, it's the same type of scenario. There are many people who have sleep apnea or get treated for that um, with great success. There are some the people who suffer. You know, who have some complications. But that's the role of the patient that needs to take responsibility to go to his doctor or his, or his uh, um, you know, provider or whoever is treating right. the sleep apnea to solve the problem. Are our doctors, are, are our medical practitioners uh, well-versed in this? Because it is a relatively new focus area. It is, it's an old condition. Sleep apnea is a very old condition, but it is a relatively new treatment of, you know, research area. In, in general, sleep health in, in general is a very, uh, well, a relatively new sleep and sleep apnea falls into that category. There are many research done on sleep health and sleep behavior and um, the impact of a lack of sleep on our daily lives. There's a lot of, uh, you know, research on that, but, um, in terms of answering your questions, the the there are very different specialities where sleep in, sleep apnea has an impact. For instance, if you go to a physician like internal healthcare, mm. you know, uh, uh, specialist in, in uh, physician healthcare, family uh, family practice like a general practitioner, cardiology, neurology, and especially you know lung doctors, pulmonology, mm. as they, they they are the ones who tend to refer patients the most. What we are trying to do in the industry is to try to prevent the comorbidities by getting uh, the you know the sleep apnea patients treated first before the comorbidities like high blood pressure and sugar problems and um, what we call the metabolic conditions, right. metabolic syndrome conditions, yes. you know, um, obesity and all of that. Uh, before that happens, we need to treat the apnea. So if, if a cardiologist or a physician refers a patient for testing, then I don't want to say it's too late, but then it's... It's, it's already much more serious. Patients, yeah, right. yes, correct. You are right. Absolutely. But those patients have sleep apnea already. Jan Daniel is a sleep health coach talking to us this morning about sleep apnea as well as sleep paralysis.